CTO Cast. Tech leaders share their stories. Hello, that's CTO Cast, episode number 33. Today I am in wonderful Vilnius together with uh, Pavel Kirpiko, one of the founders Radio Plato. Hey, Pavel. Hi, Sasha. Uh, thank you for inviting me to your place, wonderful place in Vilnius. Uh, today we're going to talk about Radio Plato and overall online radio in 2022. Frankly speaking, that's the second episode we recorded together with Pavel. The first one we recorded a little bit more than a year ago, together with uh, one more guest. And we decided to uh, record it once again, because since last year, some things changed. We discussed, for example, such stuff as a clubhouse, which still exists, but I'm not sure who is using that. That's an interesting phenomenon. And overall, uh, last time, we, I think we didn't discuss enough online radio overall. And I think it's a good topic to dive in and uh, build our uh, discussion today is uh, some kind of how-to guide for building uh, online radio. So, Pavel, if you're okay, let's start maybe from introducing Radio Plato to our uh, listeners, just uh, so, so they can understand what is Radio Plato, what is online radio in 2022. How does it look like? Do you need Apple Podcasts? Do you need uh, YouTube Music for that? Or how do you listen to online radio in 2022? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Sasha. Actually, that's a nice question. What is online radio station in 2022 because for lots of people that sounds weird uh, because they think what it was in 2000s everybody played into online radio stations and forgot about it but actually it's quite well developed uh, everybody knows uh, such big monsters as boiler room i'm not sure that everybody knows what is boiler room for uh, those boiler room is the big media corporation i would say like that who does online streaming from events all around the world, which basically appeared as like not even YouTube streaming from live events, from DJ it's sets. only uh, audio. Uh, they started doing it uh, with video. They used a service called Ustream. It was far ago, I mean, 2008, I think, something like that. Now it's like big global corporation. So it's some kind of Twitch but for live events and uh, for... No, 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 no. Not everyone can uh, stream it. Okay. Uh, you should get a license, pay to Boiler Room to host a Boiler Room party, let's say in Minsk. Um, yeah, and jumping a little back to Radio Plato, this is online community radio station. It's like three important words. Uh, independent, community-oriented, and... A radio station, actually. A radio station. Still radio station. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we started it uh, doing together with my friend Alex uh, three years ago because we wanted to share some music that we listen to but don't play out in public because we both DJs and play a lot. For example, we play ambient rarely or some down tempo, but we would like to share it with friends. And this is how it all started. I've been digging how to do streaming online and we found some we could call it SAS. Like SaaS. SaaS service. SaaS services, yeah, yeah, where you basically upload MP3 files, do some basic programming that this playlist plays at that time of the day, this playlist plays a different time. And that's it, you're live and you have like just HTML stream. It's basically web-based streaming with player embedded, so people just using this URL going to this web page and they can listen there, or it's like RSS uh, feed? Uh. No, 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 it's not connected to RSS. Actually, it's uh, usually you get the stream 
in HTML5 format. Yeah. So you basically have this, you know, simple player, yeah. which is rendered uh, in any browser. And then it's uh, like up to you how you want to decorate it or how you want to embed it. And how it behaves on the page. And you said that you, in the very beginning, you've been using some uh, out-of-the-box SaaS server. Uh, that's how you started? Yeah, I think it was Shoutcast. Shoutcast, oh, okay. At the moment, but uh, they've been built on quite outdated software at the time, so we spent maybe a year on the, that solution, and afterwards we moved to our own managed solution, op open-source one. We spent like more time developing it like supporting it because now we need our our own hosting to host it i need to administer linux server i need to know what docker is yeah so you said you, you're using your own open source solution for that is it like you literally no, create not, not our own ah, okay answer. so you're using yeah. something yeah okay we are using a service called uh, azura cast okay. azure cast I think it's pretty Does it pretty have any nice. relation to .NET or Microsoft? Not Why at all. <laughs> Absolutely, like, separate project, I would say. Okay. Azure, Azure Cast. Azure Cast, okay. yeah. What technology is that? Like, uh, what language you word? I have no idea on what it's written. I think it's uh, GS-based. Oh, it's just web, fully yeah. web-based, GS-based. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Something like that. But inside, they have uh, MariaDB, I think, for managing stations, something else. But uh, basically, it's... Everything is quite modern. Everything is packed into Docker containers, so you simply put it on any cloud service like DigitalOcean or uh, Amazon, and it, it just works out of the box. Then okay. you set it up. I think we jumped a little bit far ahead. Let's say what you've been starting, right? Yeah. So after a year of using SaaS server, you, for some reason, switched to Azure Cast. What was the reason? Because like people, for example, who is listening now to that episode, and they're wondering why not to open online radio station, what would you suggest? Should they go first to some SaaS services, like Shoutcast, right? Which Shoutcast, you, yeah. Which you use? Or uh, if you already, after a year of using that service, for some reason you decided to move to uh, open source solution, probably they should start from open source solution. What are the you know benefits of uh, using this open source solution while you move there? First reason is that um, you have limited amount of uh, bandwidth in a month and you have limited amount of space. And it's like gets quite pricey. I mean, after you have the media library with your files growing, 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 and then you collect like over 50 GB. Now in cloud environment, it's pretty easy to just to add some space and you pay for what you use, for like how many bandwidth you used or storage. There is like you buy some stuff, overpay for it, for some administration, which is not always responsive. Sometimes they help, sometimes they're not. So I decided like we can do it ourselves, yeah, but why? it takes more time, yeah, obviously. Uh, nowadays, for all those who want to start uh, online streaming, I would recommend simply take a good open source solution just to check some reliable uh, services like. Can, can you name a couple maybe? AzureCast. Still AzureCast. And uh, basically, they have one click installers for major cloud providers. So it's just like three minutes and you have a server up and running. Okay, so it's like uh, I go to... Uh, DigitalOcean Marketplace, digit let's say. And, and they're literally there, so in one yeah. click I can... Oh, wow, wow, okay. I think it will be quite a solution for most of the listeners. Yeah, and it's uh, quite interesting stuff because um, with online streaming you can solve not 
like you can solve some needs that you don't think of first. Like, for example, you have some event in a big space, uh, let's say- Like club, um, or stadium. Stadium, maybe, or some uh, cluster where you have like offices, cafes, or that stuff, and you want to do some theme music for Christmas, and you have speakers all around, and you need to put some advertisements in inside. So it's quite easy and cheap just to run uh, like 10 bucks droplet uh, or instance and everywhere you will have the same stream. Okay, so but what, what you described now, it's actually like one-off events, right? So I think it's a little bit different uh, to run and going 24-7, like Radio Plateau, it's 24-7, yeah. online radio station, and I think it brings some additional complexity to that story, right? So let's say, let's move forward. Like, so you installed uh, one year later this uh, Azure Cast, I don't know, to... Uh, to, to Digital Ocean. To, yeah. Literally to Digital Ocean, all right? And uh, how many people have been doing all stuff uh, back then? Actually, right now and in, at the moment, we there are two people supporting like uh, development and server needs. This is me and uh, uh, my friend Fines, who helps uh, with front-end development. Uh, I'm doing backend and all the server-related stuff, like uh, juggling with Docker containers, which is sometimes really annoying. Also, we have uh, friends who helps us to build Android apps. Now we are building iOS app. Finally. Finally, yeah. Lots of people asking about that. I'm so, one yeah. of them. Yeah. I it's... forgot to say that I'm a proud listener of Radio Plato. So. Yeah, thank you. So it's on the on the go. I don't know when, but it's uh, moving. So this is a tech team, basically three, like two, three people. So it's a front end, back end, and uh, server administration server and administration. managing uh, radio server. Like me and Alex, uh, we're doing all the media job, like writing texts, so articles. That's not not technical part. Not of technical your technical part, okay. but still really important as we build in community radio station. So our aim, first of all, is to not become somehow popular and not become, I mean, number one radio station with house music. Our aim is to strengthen the community in Minsk and Belarus of people who enjoy electronic music so they won't be less, they will be less angry to each other. Uh, it will be less jealous that uh, on one party there are more people and on an, another less. We wanted to help new people who want to produce podcasts and we wanted to help people who wanted to do radio shows. I mean, this is somehow radio is such a word that it's kind of forgotten, but got some mystic element to it. Like I'm working on the radio and everyone thinks of some, I don't know, maybe dusty and on the on one hand, on the other hand is like some fancy stuff, like you're talking to listeners, like uh, lots of people listening to your voice. CTO cast. Okay, just trying to move a little bit ahead. So you you mentioned also that you have this uh, not technical part. One of that is writing uh, media materials, right? Just to engage community, as you mentioned, right? Because it's a community, a very important part of the the whole concept. And then I also read somewhere or heard in one of your live uh, streaming about programmers. So how do you call these guys who basically creating the the playlist. Media schedule, I don't know yeah, what you call it. Yeah. Um, 
like the service we use and basically most of the radio stations, uh, even regular one, I mean, FM radio stations use weekly scheduling. So you have a net of from zero to 24 on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And there you put like blocks of playlists of what music plays when you put uh, like uh, when jingles should play every like 30 minutes or after like eight tracks or very specific jingles um, on hourly basis. This work is primarily done by two people. We can say co-founders and art directors, art managers. This is me and uh, my friend Alex. Yeah. And some slots uh, of this schedule is given to the community. Like we have uh, on... Uh, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., really, really popular show uh, called Liquid Stream with uh, Liquid Drum and Bass. And like people come to chat online and ask, okay, okay, we are here. Like, let's start. Let's start rolling. Give me a drum and bass. One more component, and that's it's a live chat. That's basically essential component to make a radio station indeed community engaged, right? Because I, I, I've seen a few times when nobody's there, it's silent. Yeah. And then eventually, like it was yesterday or two days yeah, before it was some days crazy stuff i had to mute a, a telegram chat because i think it's the same yeah. uh, let's maybe talk about that also how technically it works this chat and uh, telegram uh, and i was surprised and amazed how many people started writing it's like everything. 600 messages in less than an and, hour i think and problem for me was because like i'm listening to radio plato for quite some time more than two years definitely right and uh uh, yeah, I don't know any of this person, and looks like they all know each other, right? So <laughs> that happened actually. Uh, the chat is really important for engaging audience right now, and people who do live shows, like uh, the moment you've been on the radio play like two, three days ago. That was the show called Random Crew Showcase uh, with drum and bass music and jungle, and they have like their own solid community and like. New people come to it, and people jungle really list wait. or something that everybody was uh, discussing. The jungle is jungle is, but yeah. the question was um, actually: jungle is massive or jungle is massive? And you 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 wrote I remember in chat that jungle uh, jungle list massive. Jungle is massive. That, that's list. the correct answer. That's correct. Yeah. I remember. And for me, it was like, what, guys, what are you even discussing? But what what I did, I started googling, and actually, I became this part part of this community. Even without knowing these people, I'm educate myself, like listening and reading and to, 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 to the radio play. Probably it's one of the uh, important reasons why I uh, listen uh, to radio But you play. see, this chat is uh, interesting, interesting stuff because you can be anonymous there. You can simply type on the web page, like it's connected. That's what there I is do? a web page and there is a Telegram chat where you will be. How, how technically, by the way, it's done? Uh, it's a separate service, also as SAS SAS a service called Chatbro, I think. Chatbro. Chatbro. Yeah. yeah. By the way, it's probably not the most efficient. When I was uh, not really was checking the web performance of your page, probably Chatbro was uh, the uh, weak uh, chain in the whole. Uh... All right, I will think about it. We need to start Discord. I think that's that's the aim. Okay, probably not the best solution. Okay, yeah, and uh, um, it's appeared, by the way, from day one, chat, or you... No, it was a little later, but it was on the first uh, year of uh, Radio Plato. Actually, the first year of Radio Plato was quite simple. It was the play button, what track is playing, and the picture. And I think that is it, and maybe schedule. And only web, without... Only okay. web, and uh, I developed it uh, myself, uh, everything, and put it into just static hosting, 
that was it. Uh, this is how it all started. So there was no backend on the web part. And then uh, lots of people started asking about chat. So yeah, we had a chat and it gives some as well old school flavor. I mean, when last time you've been on chat? Like, yeah, where you don't know anyone. 2002, 2003, yeah, maybe it's, latest. It's from yeah. the same period, I think. 20 years ago. Yeah, actually, at uh, that and time. Radio, uh, online yeah. radio last time was listening around the same time. It was beginning of 2000 when I was uh, literally listening to on, uh, online radio. So the whole phenomenon, maybe we should discuss a little bit later, that it's uh, some kind of revival of online radio last uh, three, four years, right? So it's amazing why, why it's happening. It's topic in itself. But before we go there, probably let's continue to understand which components and which people and how technically does work radio, uh, online radio, what we didn't discuss yet, what what other essential components of uh, online radio uh, you need now and for people who are going to start it. Like, for example, you mentioned podcasts. And I also podcasts, know that yeah. you have a Telegram, uh, separate Telegram channel, uh, which called uh, Radio Plato Archive or something right, like that, right. where you can uh, listen to uh, previous episodes of these regular shows which you mentioned, right? like Liquid ba Base. Liquid Stream. Liquid yeah. Stream, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's probably also an uh, essential component, having some shows as a podcast available. Uh, for sure, and this is quite a problematic um stuff for radio station because you start to produce lots of content and then you think where you should host it like the obvious solution for that is soundcloud uh, but it's getting pricey i mean when you start to pay for unlimited it's getting pricey for diy station uh, which has only donation support as we don't sell advertising how much is that literally like unli uh, unlimited for SoundCloud? i think hundred something a year and for that, you get an unlimited storage. Uh, not really. Not really. Not really. There are some limitations. Um, so Mixcloud is an option. And like you basically start to try to put your podcast or like show which, which was live, which was recorded everywhere possible. And Apple Podcasts and Spotify is also like your primary option to, where to put it. But they don't al always want to do that because you stream music. The legislation for each of the services is different. So, like, I think Apple allows it, Spotify doesn't. Spotify uh, allows to use their music from their own catalog. I think it's a topic in itself to discuss the IPR, intellectual property rights, yeah. right? But let's maybe discuss it a little bit later. Just getting back to uh, us to podcast. So why, why Telegram is important, like you said, that we have a separate channel is... Like Telegram by design have no upload limits. Okay. And some people exploit it. Like we exploit it not heavily. We just uh, keep our archive there. But I've seen the solutions online who try to make Telegram uh, into private cloud. Uh, but I don't know. Is it working fine? I think no. And nobody knows where will be Telegram tomorrow. Um, that's problematic. And how safe is your data? But you always try to put your content everywhere possible like one really uh, interesting stuff which we haven't yet get into is connection to uh, such things as uh, amazon's alexa for example where like people would say put on radio plato and alexa would know what radio plato is 
and would launch it. But it requires some technical stuff, some technical coding. It requires proper licensing of a radio station and of your content to get listed on uh, Amazon services. So it's a tricky one. Okay. So we discuss podcasts. Uh, we discuss the this open source solution which helps you to run it. This open source solution, what parts it covers? Like, does it help you to do scheduling? Does it streaming? Does it... Uh, any other stuff uh, which is important for online radio? How does it look like? This is basically, we can call it radio server. It covers everything you need for media management. It's like where you put your files and it's quite intuitive right now. You don't need any FTPs or SFTPs to connect. You basically can drag and drop into your browser. Then you can put these uh, tracks into the playlists. Also, they have like Azure Cast, they have... Um, uh, podcast hosting option right now you can also do like the front page there with like css and html editor uh, just if you want something t simple just to start off i mean this is all for streaming and there you can set up which uh, bitrate you want it in which format you want it to do you can start uh, different channels like for let's say radio play to rock radio play to jazz that stuff but all the rest i mean how your radio looks on the web this is like for you to decide i mean you should develop the website this is quite important so basically this front-end part which you mentioned right that's uh, also essential one and uh, my understanding this uh, azure cast uh, it can it can, it, it can generate CMS, uh, yeah it can generate a front page for you if you want to use it uh, you you can skip it uh, but this is like yeah, UI for interacting with radio server in your browser. This is how it looks. Quite convenient. But uh, from technical perspective, uh, modern radio stations, all of them use ISCAST protocol for radio streaming. This is the core. I mean, it's never changed uh, 20 years or, or even more. Or this more, is the yeah. standard. Yeah, the, the other one is Shoutcast, but it's not that popular. have more limitation, less freedom in modification of the stuff. So what all open source solutions and not only open source solutions do, they take open source IceCast, do modification. There is uh, like another layer on top of the IceCast called Liquid Soap. Liquid Soap does this media files scheduling and feeds them to IceCast. IceCast uh, connects your listeners to the stream. This is what IceCast do. Uh, this is like tech inside the radio server. But you'd better not even go there because this is the, <laughs> this is mess. But for some reason you know it. Uh, like, do you? How technical should should you be to run a radio station? So basically, you need at least a front end uh, guy and at least the guy who will, uh, to some extent, understand how does it work underneath, right? The all components which do the actual audio streaming. You see, this is my way how I'd like to do it because uh, I like to understand stuff which I'm paying for or stuff which I'm using. Uh, that's why I get a little geeky here. But you can pay for any service and uh, your administrative problems will be solved by uh, people who provide you with the hosting uh, services. So it's pretty easy as everything in a tech world. Either you pay more for to get administered service or you do it yourself and pay less. But if uh, your server goes down, you're on your own. Like, nobody will help you. There is no, no one to call. 
So uh, you can say that if you're not technical, probably some SaaS end-to-end out-of-the-box solution is your way. For sure. But you pay more and you're not so flexible in what you can do there. Basically, you're very much limited by what service is providing, right? CTO cast. So we discussed the podcasts, we discussed the uh, scheduling part, uh, like when you schedule c- certain blogs, and these community blogs, uh, very often they are not pre-recorded, but they are live, actual live shows. Like, for example, your editorial podcast, which you're doing with Alex and with, yep. gu- which, uh, with guests, right? Uh, how does this part work? As far as I know, you do have a studio in Minsk, and also I'm listening to a couple um, other uh, radio uh, online radio stations in uh, Netherlands, and all of them have these live events. Some of them have a real uh, studio, uh, like we discussed with you before the recording uh, red light. Uh, uh, Red lights, radio, uh, yeah. Uh, radio in Amsterdam, which is unfortunately already closed. Yeah. How does this part work? So like when you have uh, all these DJs' uh, devices there, what do you need to uh, stream real-life events or real-life uh, DJ sets? Yeah, basically, if you have some audio stuff happening anywhere in the world, you need the audio interface just to catch left and right signal into it. You put it connect to your PC, and then you have some streaming software, like we use the one called BUT, but please don't Google it like that, because you better Google BUTs, BUT streaming. I mean, it's also tricky. You can call it BUT streaming software. It will be better. Otherwise, you won't find it. Uh, this one is... Um, we will we will put in show notes, uh, yeah, I think, all The this. proper BUT. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, this is the one we use. There are other options. Uh, you can connect from any others like DJ software. And basically what you do is you send your signal already converted into MP3 into your IceCast server. Like then IceCast understands that somebody wants to connect to me. And how, how do you send it there? You have some intermediate uh, software to do this uh, streaming to IceCast? Or? Yeah, this is one called BUT. Ah, but, the one ah, okay, we use. okay. Yeah. so the, it does this particular part. Yeah, okay. you just select the audio input signal, you select how you compress it. Uh, and output goes to IceCast. Yeah, to your server, and then like your life, and basically you, uh, everyone connects not to your computer, uh, let's say be a streaming from Vilnius, but everyone connects to your server and to, then it can spread it. server, yeah. basically. Which this, this is how it works uh, still. If somebody will start doing that, any uh, weak, uh, weak points in this uh, schema for live events, what usually is a problem? Because my understanding, since uh, users are not directly connecting to your computer, obviously, so you don't have like a bandwidth problem, right? Any other potential problems in this chain? There is one problem if you use uh, not stable LAN connection, if you use uh, your phone, let's say you use 4G network for that. And if you're streaming large event, large, I mean uh, the scale of when you have like more than 500 people in the room and you use 4G connection, get ready that it will be really disruptive. You will get breakdowns all the time because basically the room is flooded with signal and it's not stable. So if you want a stable stream and you use 4G, better better of all, connect with LAN, and it's the most stable stuff, 
use Wi-Fi when you can. If you use 4G, just connect your phone directly to PC. Don't use uh, hotspots. This is basically it. And at what point uh, happens uh, capturing of the audio and recording for the future podcasts? Uh, is that process automated anyhow? For example, what I'm asking, like you having this live event in club, it lasts for two hours. The next day I see this uh, show uh, in uh, Radio Plato archive uh, channel on uh, Telegram. How does end-to-end works this uh, podcast producing uh, part? Uh, for recording the show, basically, you can uh, do recording in the software which send it to server. In our case, this is BUT. It generates um, a wave file. You can record it into your software, like, uh, let's say, Ableton or Audacity. Ah, so, so basically, you're doing that locally? You can do it locally. You can ask your server to do that. Like, AzureCast we use allows us to make recording of anything connected to our server. Any, any live stream. Any problems connected. with compression after streaming to... Uh... Not really, not really. I mean, everything goes fine. Uh, we usually store files in Wave uh, to prevent some compression errors to MP3 on, on the flow. Um, and then this is your manual work just to cut uh, some loose ends on this audio, do some fade-ins, uh, put a jingle on and upload. So podcast part, it's uh, to big extent still manual, right? And I think a big reason for that is what you already mentioned, IPR. That's why you cannot probably use all these popular uh, podcast distribution platforms which you just take your file and distribute to all platforms, right? Because you have a, uh, we do that, but uh, you see it's less and less platform supported. I mean, you anyways, to distribute your podcast, you go to RSS feed generator, some kind of. And then uh, this is the on host, like host, I mean the Spotify or Apple Music, uh, to decide if they allow it or not. But you try to send it anyways. CTO cast. One more component, which I uh, think we didn't discuss yet, it's uh, monitoring and statistics. So basically, I also remember on that event where a lot of people have been listening and chatting, you dropped to chat the map of uh, streaming. And by the way, I was already in Vilnius, so I was like, ah, Netherlands is not on the map, just because I, I was listening from Vilnius as well. As yeah. You. <laughs> yeah, so uh, what do you use for that? For monitoring, uh, like availability of service, like web, streams, is it something different services? And the statistics, like who is listening to you, like what kind of statistics you see and what do you use for that? Yes, yeah, statistics is uh, generated uh, on the go by the radio server, uh, Azure Cast in our case. Uh, you can basically see your live stats, how many IPs connected, uh, which uh, platforms they use. I mean, is it uh, mobile, is it uh, PC, uh, what player they use. That is, I think, it. Uh, then you can download some reports there. You can download all your data you need to submit to royalty aggregators who will then spread it. For the monitoring, like uh, one more thing for reporting, obviously your radio server and your site visits are quite different. I mean, some people don't go to website to listen to radio station. I have uh, friends who have Radio Plato on using there as uh, alarm melody. I mean, it's like 8 a.m. and Radio Plato starts playing on their phone. 
this is how but they're not go they don't go to the website it's like connected to their application they used to play just tracks on the wow and what, what do you see in this case in statistics by the way i'm just wondering i don't see it in the i can't say how many people use it as alarm unfortunately but i would love to know same story probably would be with um, such stuff as alexa which you mentioned probably it will be also difficult to get all statistics of all real users by the way same or even bigger problem with podcasts uh, we have in the CTO i think casts. even bigger like i have no any idea we our main hosting is uh, soundcloud and then uh, it generates uh, rss uh, and then distribution to all, all other platforms and i have statistics on other platforms but i don't know aggregated statistics what are the unique users do i have i, I have think no you idea. need to pay for uh, some other service which will gather all the statistics and so show something to you but i i don't know how reliable is uh, those tasks so, for podcasts. online radio uh, has the same problem so you don't know like precise data on how many people no we we know how many minutes we listen we know which ip addresses but we you see like we can't say that at the place uh, where our radio is played one people sitting in the headphones or 300 people oh, we have no oh. idea i mean we've been in such cases where you come into some cafe in the, in town and you hear radio play to plane and like 50 people inside and you know like there is not one person listening to it it's 50 right now so this is different. That's that's interesting. I didn't think about that. That's uh, we know, call it public listening. Because uh, why I didn't think about that? I'm always thinking through podcast uh, paradigm. In, I cannot imagine that in some cafe we'll be playing some any podcasts, right? <laughs> so, but with radio, indeed, it's uh, it's created to listen in groups, and yeah. I I did it myself. I had uh, guests at my home, of course, not fifty people, but some people and we've been listening to radio plate or like as a background uh, yeah. music this is what comes to reporting so it's uh, your radio server will do that for you other layer AsiaCast in, in our case I'm still promoting it because the guys are great if you're using it, donate it's not promotion by the way right no, but no at least I didn't get any money or I don't know about you pals. <laughs> I mean I'm promoting because I use their service and it's great and monitoring of availability like another part of the question uh this one is done or in our case uh, with uh, digital ocean instruments i mean we use their hosting so i have uh, i can see how memory how much memory used how much cpu used what's going on there um, because you can have some crazy memory leaks and uh, basically your docker container will go down and it's important for you to set up your cicd like process so it will go up really fast. So you're talking about restarting uh, the container, right? Restarting the container, right. And uh, actually, I really recommend thinking if you will manage all your radio, front-end, back-end, everything, solution on your private server, just to think properly of how to organize all your Docker stuff. Because uh, you don't want to do it manually. It's hard work. Because, uh, a reason for that, just because of a lot of memory leaks, and uh, it's it happens often when... Uh... It doesn't happen often, but, you know, when you use open source software and you don't... Like, I like to upgrade to the newest stuff possible, so I don't oh, yeah. wait oh, for yeah. the stable release. And sometimes you can put the release on, and then you see, like, your, like your server starts crashing sometimes. And you're like, oh, my God, we need to do something with that. You go to GitHub to talk with the community of developers, and they say, okay, we are investigating but we don't know what's going on yet. Okay, I'm just wondering, probably we discussed uh, most of technical stuff around running a radio station. 
Uh, by the way, maybe small question for you told me before recording that you have like 30 people who is doing the scheduling, like media schedule programming part of the work. It's not the programming. I would say this is the community of the producers. Okay, and this they have the, this, like, you probably need to have, like, users with different permissions, they need to log in somewhere, a lot yeah, of them yeah. technical. This, this is everything which is managed, again, by the radio software, like, we have uh, uh, separate accounts for show producers with, like, limited permissions, so they won't kick your server down with just one button because like admin i am i can do that i can destroy with everything with one click but i know what what buttons to not push um so yeah there are like a couple tech guys in our team um other people are doing what they want to do i mean podcasting so they're doing not shows. technical right so they it's, not really it's, it's so easy what i'm saying right to use it uh yeah that like any people any djs who are not technical at all they can uh, easily uh, actually get... we wrote uh, our own manual for like people who do live streaming on radio plato like uh, there are new shows coming and we just send this document send the credentials and they know how to do it's like you simply put import your settings script to uh, but if you're streaming live and it's there you simply select the server we have live server and we have test server for just testing the connection if everything is stable and for uploading shows we have the same manual just where to log in what to put where, where to write and it just works CTO cast. Okay. Uh, about the monetization, uh, you have uh, patrons. I don't yeah. know how many of them, maybe not a lot, uh, right? But Not much. Not much. Probably we need to have more. So that's why probably our listeners of CTO cast, when they're going to go to Radio Plate, and if they would like it, probably they will uh, become... If, if they enjoy what we do. Absolutely. Is it the only way how you get in it? I remember that one of the words, it's independent, like indie, right? So which sometimes means uh, non-commercial uh, at all, right? But it's not uh, mandatory, right? Uh, there are some indie uh, stuff which is quite financially successful. In your case and in your experience of online radio stations, what is the most uh, popular way to do the monetization there? Because I didn't hear, for example, advertising except maybe some shows or events, right? That's probably it. I would say there are three ways if you run an independent station. Uh, way number one, uh, your community is like you rely on your subscribers, let's say, or patrons or like your community who does that radio together. Option number two, you can rely on uh, non-governmental uh, let's say institutions or government or let's say Red uh, red Lights Radio was uh, founded by, I think, municipality, uh, as far as I remember. And your third way... Advertising, no? Or no? No, I'm not talking about advertising because uh, this is not really an independent solution. Then you start selling stuff. You can monetize your content. The one popular stuff right now is when you put your show's archive as a subscription service. Like, if you want to listen live, it's available. If you want to listen afterwards, please pay a subscription fee. For now, it's available also for free on the uh, Telegram channel, which we mentioned right. already, but uh, it's an option to uh, do it. Yeah, it's quite popular among indie radio stations to monetize it that way. Because uh, they see that good shows uh, are re quite 
quite uh, used in public places. Let's say you run uh, some small bar and you found really a nice podcast from one radio station and you listen to it in the bar uh, in the public place and they ask for little money for, for that music. Yeah, and then you can, can have in this bar a QR code uh, how they can scan and go to the online radio station. By the way, it's interesting probably promotion uh, way. Speaking about promotion, so monetization is clear. Probably it's not for profit for now, right? I know other right. like, and you're doing that not for that. Like you have your regular job, right? So uh, and that's your still hobby, although pretty popular and lots of people engaged. So, but still hobby, right? You're correct. Speaking about the promotion, how do you find online uh, radio stations? Uh, for example if I'm, again, podcasting, right? So I go to Apple Podcasts, I can do discovery there, I can do search, I can do categorization by topics, sports, politics, uh, science, whatever, right? Uh, online radio stations. I can assume that you also need something like that just because, as you mentioned, you can have Radio Plato as you have it now, or you can have Radio Plato punk rock or hardcore or jazz, Right, so and uh, then and there are lots of lots of online radio stations. Is there any aggregators for indie community radio stations? Uh, yes, there are, but not only for indie stations. There are like basically radio station aggregators. That's it. And this is the thing you will need to do, like after you started radio station, you will see that you have some traffic from your know, like local media who will support your launch. Uh, most likely that uh, hey this is the new radio in town let's check it uh, community radio let's go i read about uh, radio plato in bilavia while flying from amsterdam to minsk uh, in the magazine Bil yeah, bilavia yeah, magazine yeah that happened as well so you take all media opportunities uh, for interviews and that stuff but really this is so boring job to just browse google through radio aggregators online and submit your station everywhere possible but this is quite important stuff to do because you will see your traffic race after that but at least 20 percent and you will have new listeners like from new countries because if you look at monthly analytics uh, like we have All right, like most of the traffic is in Belarus, but around is like, I think the whole world. We have daily visitors from Argentina, from Brazil. Why not? And you're saying that the uh, main reason for that is just usage of these uh, aggregating platforms. Can you name one of them? I really enjoy Radio Garden, I think. It's called Radio Garden, and they built, if you imagine uh, Google Maps in the view of the globe, Yeah, and then you zoom in to any part of the world, oh. and you click, let's say, some city, and it shows all the radio stations listed in this city. Radio Garden, uh, really, really nice looking stuff. Is it the biggest one? I, I just tried to recall the service where you see uh, application, even where you see all radio stations. Tune in is the biggest tune in, one, tune but in, yes. I think Tune in closed their submission form far ago, and uh, actually Apple have their own platform for streaming uh, uh, media like uh, radios, but they also closed their submission form, I think more than a year ago. Uh, the reason for that is that they have enough. They don't want new stations because they have enough. I mean, for their audience, like we don't need another hundred rock stations. We have like 550 and that's enough. So you won't jump in. <laughs> 
And that's probably a uh, reason because they, don't, they are not focusing on indie media station. By the way, I will put in show notes uh, one directory of in indie uh, online radio stations. I don't know, Pavel, if I send you that, I forgot the name, I will. I can send you offline. And uh, that's what I use. It's very DIY. It's very like from uh, old school, yeah, old school way directory. Uh, but I, I like it. It just same story as you said. Uh, it's without fancy map. It just a list uh, split by regions. But there you can find uh, independent community radio stations only, right? So you don't have any other radio stations there. Yeah, and I would uh, like to. And it's curated list. There is a guy who is uh, following. Uh, and for example, one more radio from Vilnius Palanga. Palanga Street Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was there, and it was only from Lithuania, as far as I know. Uh, on that list, I know there are some more in the same, but on that list, it was the only one. And Radio Plato wasn't there. No you, you should send you should send it to me. I will I will edit. Absolutely. Um, you see, like what important about uh, those lists? Uh, why people go to those lists? Because if you get really interested in researching, let's say, what people listen to in Syria, or what people listen to in like West Africa, I have no idea. And the most probably the best way to get it is just to listen to the radio stations. This is nice uh, way to know other culture. By the way, you just came up with an with an idea for uh, monetization of the radio station. They can sell this uh, data aggregated uh, with very fancy reports to analytics who needs this information. For example, if you want to launch some media project in certain countries, so you're getting that from radio station. This aggregated reports. Yeah, nice, nice, nice potential story. Noted. CTO cast. And probably last, but uh, for myself, uh, not clear at all component of the online radio station is uh, IPR, intellectual property rights. First question is like, is it all legal what you're playing? Uh, is it copyrighted? Are you allowed to do that? Or uh, not about uh, particularly Radio Plato, but overall uh, for online radio stations, if you know that, right? And the second question, how it's managed, because you also mentioned that you are downloading reports what you played and then submitting some for some reality distribution. How does it work? I don't, just don't know. And the maybe last part of that long question is about the future and uh, future-proof solutions. I know we again briefly discussed before recording that there are some new blockchain-based uh, solutions like Emanate, uh, that life, right? So let, yeah. let's start from the beginning. Copyrights. Uh, yeah, stuff. copyrights for audio streaming is, you know, a tricky question for all independent media. I would say it uh, like this. There are a couple of ways you can go. The If you have a commercial station, everything is pretty clear. You uh, should buy, acquire so-called umbrella license. This is when uh, major brands, copyright holders, like um, intellectual property uh, rights holders, like BMI, for example, they uh, acquired lots of lots of uh, tracks from other labels. And you buy their license, umbrella license for lots of music and you stream like everything you want, Rihanna, Britney Spears, like whatever. In case of independent uh, stations who stream uh, like ours, who stream not uh, popular music, who stream not something you can find on Spotify, let's say, this is the question of arranging those uh, permissions with um, property owners and most likely it will be either minor label really small one or the artist himself 
So what you should do, you should contact the artist. And this is crazy amount of work. Just imagine you want to put uh, a new tune you found on Bandcamp. You need to contact the guy and you you need to sign documents. This is impossible. I can imagine the hundreds of them. So if you can, you, yeah. you, you just need to hire 30, 30 more people who will just yes. do this work daily. So this is uh, sounds impossible. So I won't say that lots of uh, small stations do that. You basically rely on like no harm idea that with what you're doing, you're not harming this person intellectual property in a way that you don't monetize it and in a way that you don't use it for, you know, some shady activity. Basically, you can help this artist uh, get more popular, get more attention. This is how it's solved in, in like small level. But uh, if you are growing, yeah, you need to come for a license. And there are like two ways. Either you stream commercial music or you do enormous amount of work licensing that stuff. So basically, there is another business idea. So instead of creating BMI, just create some BMI for indie stuff, which you can buy umbrella license, but much cheaper, more flexible maybe, uh, and for indie uh, small labels. Yeah, and this is actually what happens in the area of um, streaming. There we have like uh, big, big monsters. I, I, I still say monsters because like the market thinks this way right now, the people uh, like Spotify or Apple, because they pay so they so almost small part to they, they musicians. Almost, yeah. yeah, they almost don't pay musicians uh, for those streaming, and like nobody buys albums right now. And actually, musicians earn their money from touring and like selling merchandise. That's that's is all. And for to do the touring, you need to produce an album, and this takes time, and this takes money. And then like people are listening to it like almost for free. An artist gets nothing, and they need to sit in a bus for like days just to and and uh, jump on the shows to earn some bread. So what's going on is like there are new ways of distributing money in this streaming world. Like Emanate is one of them, where there is no just to emphasize what you you just said. Uh emanate.life that we're going to put it in the show yep. notes as well. It's a service. Right? What is that? It's a kind of SoundCloud in a blockchain world. Like artists can put their music there and uh, listeners can listen to this music. So it's music. basically P2P. Yeah, that's it. And uh, there is there is a blockchain involved there. I mean, I'm not sure in uh, completely sure how it's used, uh, but most likely you have clear analytics of how much money you get for your license and that stuff. I've seen one uh, really interesting new model because music distribution for artists is a headache nowadays. If you are not big enough to generate like million streams on SoundCloud, you will most likely earn nothing from streaming if you are like small artists and let's say you have 10,000 plays. Now, distribution partners who usually takes cuts from your royalties, they offer no cut at all. Like you can distribute your music for free, but your listeners can purchase part of your royalties. This is kind of tricky investment. I, I still don't understand how this business idea would survive, but uh, that was uh, surprising for me. It exists. Like, just imagine you have a platform, you like my music, you go to 
platform and you can buy a share of royalties of any particular track or album like you like moby if moby would wouldn't be a major um, artist you can come and buy moby's 15 percent of share so basically you invest in the artist yeah. uh, hoping that he will have some royalties yes. because if he will not uh, have any royalties basically you're buying part of zero right so that's a risk which you're having so that, that's basically investment in artists like in companies or yeah but this looks quite fair if you're uh, like fair. supporter and listener who enjoys music you don't pay for some you don't CD have or intermediate company. men yes. right so you pay directly to the guy who does it and you get paid if the guy gets successful. And basically the distribution, it's not like 20, 30, 15%, like we're talking about major platforms or monsters, as you call them, but you're basically getting everything or a part which you decide which part of royalties you want to make, let's say, public, like on the stock, yeah, stock exchange, right? Yeah, which you open for the investment. That's a nice story. And if everything is based on some public blockchain, that it's pretty much transparent, so everybody can check that there are no... Uh, tricks uh, played by platform and platform itself probably doesn't take a lot of uh, part uh, or nothing or do you know like i think they take nothing oh wow so it's... i think they work some uh, somehow they earn they plan to earn on transaction fees transaction oh yeah so that's one more component but this actually this component you also have on the major platforms when you do transaction to the to, to pay obviously bills. like for even for so uh, beloved and independent band camp like lots of people complaining for transaction fees okay so if you would summarize where industry goes from that perspective so basically industry goes to p2p as much as possible p2p model without in intermediate uh, men in the chain i would say i would be happy if the industry would uh, go this way but this is to me uh, right now looks at the blockchain trend industry still moves towards big catalogs of music like uh, bmi uh, spotify apple podcasts i mean with this umbrella licenses right? for sure it's so simple you have any music you imagine in one application that is it why you need more so we are still here and we won't go any other way true and for me also when i coming to the end of the podcasts already and uh for me it's also part of why i'm listening to radio plate and overall to online radio stations uh it's a part of this romantic i call it the romantic part when you feel that it's not a major stuff and it's some kind of pirate radio stations and when i was for the first time trying to dive into the topic i was googling even pirate online radio stations trying to find something and what i found it's it was mostly real uh, world analog radio stations with like pirate radio stations it's pretty popular stuff was in 80s in 70s yeah in uk especially in uk in netherlands as well where i live and even in uh, offshore uh, waters uh, when on the on the ships, yeah, on the ships or oil tanks bases, you had the transmitters and the guys. They've been streaming music without, and they didn't care about any IPR, uh, and that was their way to protest. And yeah, it's difficult to judge them, right? So uh, for what they did, they've been trying to promote good music. Now we have technologies which allowing uh, do that in a more sustainable way. So hopefully the industry, I mean, major industry will have to move to that direction, but that's not happening now. That's what you say, right? So, but we wish to do that. Thank you very much, Pavel. 
uh, for participating in uh, this episode of uh, CTOcast. Thank you, Sasha. And uh, dear listeners, uh, as usually, please uh, subscribe to our podcast at CTOcast.com and any uh, podcast distribution platform you are using. Thank you. CTOcast. If you like this episode, please leave a review at the platform where you're listening.